to you by the Georgia Governor's Office of Highway Safety, reminding you to buckle up, Georgia. Alongside Commander Sandy, the outlaw Jesse, King James, and Miss Hannah, I'm just John. Thanks for hanging out with us for another round of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast here at Georgia Public Broadcasting. Our guest this week is the head coach of Lee County, Dean Fabrizio. He'll be talking about his game against Lowndes, his schedule, how hard it is to schedule, what it's like being at the top of the rankings with a bullseye on both your chest and your back as consistently as they are in Lee County. And we'll catch you up on the week that was as we get you ready for the week that will be. We'll uh, let you know what's going on with the, the Football Fridays in Georgia game of the week. We know what game that is. We'll let you know that toward the end of the show as well. So, Hannah, it's another big week here at GPB. Was your big night out on Friday? How did the Emmy Silver Circle ceremony, Emmy Silver Circle ceremony? Well, I mean, say that four times fast. Emmy Emmy Silver Circle ceremony. Uh, First and foremost, thanks to the uh, National Academy of Television Arts and Sciences, the Southeast chapter, uh, Mark Harmon, our former sports director, Mm -hmm. nominated me to go into Silver Circle. And you go in front of a big committee, and they sit there, and they look at all the names. And this was uh, this year's inductees and last year's because of COVID-19. They didn't have a ceremony last year. So there were 10 of us that went in uh, this year, plus three that went into Gold Circle for 50 years of service. 25 years or more of service uh, is a Silver Circle. And uh, I guess to answer your question, it was in alphabetical order. So I was toward the end. Naturally, the sports guy is toward the end of the show. Yeah, and we don't care about him. It's like sports and weather. You guys are here. You're you're at the end to, to send us home. But no, it was uh, uh, very very humbling. And, and as I've told everybody who has reached out on Facebook, Instagram, on GPB Sports mm-hmm. Facebook page to me personally, all the texts, it's been very humbling. It's been very overwhelming, and it's been it's been really cool to to see everybody who has reached out to, yeah. to say thank you in this and uh, could not have done it without everybody here at 260 14th Street. Uh, absolutely could not have. And, you know, the, the story that I tell is that I answered a three were a three line classified ad in a newspaper in the winter of 1994. And I had one of the oldest VHS demo tapes at the time just to hand to the executive producer of uh, Prep Sports Plus at the time, and, and he's like, yeah, okay, come on. And so 27 years later, here we are. I have a lot less hair, and uh, <laughs> we've been able to do some great work, and I know we're just getting started here at GPB. Well, we missed you on Friday, but the pictures were cool. We got to show the pictures on the post show. And, that, and that's the, the other thing. When uh, the boss and I went to mm-hmm. Auburn because we were going to go to the, 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 uh, the noon kickoff of Auburn and Alabama State, so we just decided since I was banished from the building, and it's like, no. It was your night off. And so so you're not allowed to come to the building. You're not allowed to do anything. So we we're just like, okay, noon kick, we'll drive down. The hotel rooms in Auburn, because of the reach of the Atlanta market, the hotel rooms in Auburn have GPB. Okay. And so I got to watch nice. the fourth quarter of the football game and, and during the replay. And so I got to see the, the replay of everything. And no, it was very, very cool to see that we're off and running this year. And, of course, watch it on your GPB Sports app on the go. Hey, Wiley Ballard did a great job of filling in for you. We missed you. Thank you. Let's give a quick recap of our game. It was Creekside versus Cartersville at Weinman Stadium. Mm-hmm. Purple Hurricanes beat the Seminoles 17-14 to in a true defensive battle to go 3-0 and on the year. Cartersville, Cartersville offense only had 182 total yards. 
87 of those were by running back Amari White Mm -hmm. on 12 carries. Senior quarterback Jake Parker was just 11 of 27 passing, but two throws went for touchdowns. One, a 21-yarder in the final two minutes for the game winner. There wasn't much offense. We had trouble finding an offensive player the first half. So I heard, yeah. But... What a game. What a game. Yeah, and that's what you're, you know, you're looking for. With Creekside with their first two wins against top ten teams, mm-hmm. going to Cartersville and, and Maurice Dixon, you know, he'll he'll play anybody any place anytime. And it just so happened it's like, all right, Connor Foster's like, sure, come on up to Weinman. And so they're gonna play they played there. And it was a great defensive game. And you have to give both of these teams a lot of credit this early in the season. It was only Cartersville's third game, only Creekside's third game. But I think that when you look in the rankings in 5A, these two teams are going mm-hmm. to be toward the end, the toward the discussion at the end of the year. So it was good that we got to kind of get an early look at both of these teams in 5A. All right, week four is in the books. Let's talk about the other top five games I was following on Friday night, John. Sure. We'll start with the big region matchup in 7A, Marietta mm-hmm. versus number eight, Camden County. Yep. Camden County leading early. Marietta made the comeback to win 40 to 17. Yeah, and what will be interesting for me is to just find out because you're going from Kingsland. I mean, mm-hmm. basically, you're going from Jacksonville to Marietta. And so for me, that's an interesting travel element in all of this. Did they come out of the blocks and did they just run out of gas because of the travel aspect of all of this? But, uh, you know, Jeff Heron has gotten Camden County off to a great start again this year. And once again, you're having to schedule 97 non-region games because you're in the region of doom and 7A region one. And so you're just trying to get through these non-region games as healthy as you can with Jamie Felix at running back. But uh, I I just wonder if with a, a very young team that maybe that travel got to him in the second half. Packers won in the final minutes of their game. The uh, number seven, Colquitt County, defeats Valdosta 48 to 42. That's another one of those games I wish I just could have been watching. We need more TVs. <laughs> what were your thoughts on that one? Nico Fan goes 11 to 14 for 263 and three. And we mm. talked to Justin Rogers this mm-hmm. year already on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast about, young team. about, Lots of sophomores. about uh, this young team. And once again, you're, you're getting into the rhythm of a season. And so Colquitt County now at three and one. They've got Heritage Conyers, and it should be their fourth win of the year. So four and one, you know, after this Friday, and you're just kind of getting into that rhythm of getting into that same region that we're talking about, Region 1. What a game to watch. This one surprised me. Huge crosstown rival game between Warner Robins and Northside. Mm-hmm. The Demons blew them out, John, 49-7. Yeah. to Yep, yeah, and, you know, we caught up with Marquise Westbrook on Central Swing and things like that, and, and you know, it's it's – Wins like this against your city rival. This was Red School and Blue School. This was mm-hmm. my column last week about what it means to make this kind of an emphatic statement. You get to 3-0, and and when we've talked about 5A, you could probably put a, a blanket over the <laughs> t- four or five top teams in 5A. Warner Robins is really trying to make that statement about being the top team as they try to go back-to-back. Yeah. All right, in Double A Memorial Stadium, number one Fitzgerald defeated number eight Dodge County fifteen to six. Not an upset at all. Number one, I mean the number one team in Double A in Fitzgerald. Right. But just a good game, and it was just one I had my had my eye on. Yeah, and when you have two teams in the top four or five, you know I, I'm not looking at dropping Dodge a whole lot in yeah. my rankings, and our GPB rankings will be coming out in just a little bit. And when you have two teams that are basically somewhere in the top three and then somewhere in that three to seven, 
just because you lose, and this is my rationale that I give folks when it comes to, to some teams still being as high as they are in the rankings, why are they so high? Because you're playing a team that's higher than you and you don't lose mm-hmm. all that poorly and you still account yourself very well. So Dodge for me in the AA poll should not be dropping a whole lot. Okay. Seven or eight for me might be that that place for, for me when it comes to Dodge. And obviously Fitzgerald, you're looking at the top of AA. Callaway, Rabin, Fitzgerald, Thomasville right now. That's your four, and I've seen the order of them going all over the place. This was a cool stat. Fitzgerald held Dodge to 119 total yards in one of 12 on third down conversions. Yeah, and uh, Tucker Pruitt, you know, we saw it last Mm -hmm. year when they were going up against Callaway, how stout defensively they can be, and they they made it to the last game of the year with that defense and very, very opportunistic offense. And I think it's going to be the same again this season for them, once again, a very, very young team with losing some folks to graduation. They've got Cairo this week, and, and that, that's going to be a very, very stern test for them going up against uh, Steve Dvorsny and the Syrup Makers. And two of the top South Georgia programs went at it. Lee County and Lowndes. Lee County pulled it out 24-21. to 21. Lowndes tried to make a comeback. Couldn't do it. We are going to talk about that game more with Coach Fabrizio in just a minute. John, any big upsets that, that you saw? I don't know if necessarily big mm-hmm. it comes to, to upsets, but, you know, you look at to Appling beating Tift mm-hmm. when you have a, a team in Appling County and them being as highly ranked as they are in AAA, going to play a team in Tift, which is also in Region 1, but Tift is under a new head coach in Noel Dean, so you're getting to, to get adjusted to how he wants to do things, and I think it was uh, opportunistic for Appling to, to go up against a, a young team in Tift. Appling now 4-0, and and according to our friends at the Georgia High School Football Daily, holding Tift to minus 10 total yards in the second half. So wow. stout defense for Jordan Mullis and what we're seeing at Appling County, a top five team in AAA. What's going to be your biggest GPB poll shakeup? I don't know. I mean, I, I honestly, as I'm sitting here and I'm buzzing through what you're looking at, 7A, don't, I don't think there's going to be much of a shocking, a shocking shake. 6A, I don't see much of a, a shake. I'm still going to have Valdosta mm-hmm. in my top 10, even though you're one in three. 5A, you look at what went down, nope, nothing really changed out of there. Uh, maybe Bainbridge, I still think Bainbridge to me is a top 10 team when you're looking at Quad A, even though Bainbridge did lose uh, last week. You know, Crisp obviously losing, they're probably going to be out there, Crisp but now at 0-3, so they'll probably be out of my AAA top 10. Double A, I think you're still going to see uh, uh, the same names. Northeast's upset loss to Darty 10-7 might drop them right toward the edge of the top 10 for me when it comes to to double A and then you look at North Cobb Christian losing in class A private and then Lincoln County that was one of the big upsets to me this past week in where uh, Lincoln County they were in the poll and then they end up you know losing right out of the blocks and so it's going to be a quick one week in one week out as Laney beats Lincoln County last week and so Laney's one probably bumps Lincoln County out for me. Wouldn't be a show without giving a Lasseter update. There you go. Lost to lost to our rival Pope, twenty-eight to seven. So now you're going to have me fishing for my lakeside. What happened to Lakeside? Yeah, so. Decatur didn't play, right, Sandy? Okay. Off Arabia Mountain. They won the off week. Absolutely. Who do you have this week, by the way? Arabia Mountain. Oh, so you got Arabia Mountain for homecoming this week. That, that might be sneaky, but I think you ought to be able to handle that one. I think it'd probably be a little tighter than a lot of folks may expect just because it's homecoming. So uh, I know that you guys are mm-hmm. your top 10, and I know that you're uh, you know, taking the Decatur flag and you're sitting there and you're you know, 
walking it through the <laughs> second floor as to what's going on. But uh, as are you I, still searching for I'm, Lakeside? I'm still searching for Lakeside. Yeah, so. there's a thing called the internet that I have. I know, but I'm looking. Oh, we lost to Discovery oh, 45-7, okay. so there you go. I think it's time for our guest. <laughs> I think so, too. It is time to catch up with Dean Fabrizio, the head coach of Lee County, after a big, big win this past week. So, Coach, uh, let's just get right to it. It was a tremendous win for you this past weekend, three-point win over Lowndes, 24-21. Now that you've had a day or so to have some distance from it, what are some of your takeaways? Well, anytime, first thing is anytime you beat a quality program like Lowndes, one of the top in the state of Georgia with their tremendous fan base there, it's, it's a great win. Uh, you know, the second thing is uh, really proud of our kids and how hard they played in the game, and uh, especially, you know, coming off a tough loss last year and, Third thing, I'm glad I don't have to see Jakari Brown again uh, <laughs> on the other sideline because he is he is one special player, that's for sure. The game came down to the final minutes. What what was it like for you? How what was the atmosphere like? This is just such a big game. We've been talking about it all show. We were talking about it on Friday. Just tell us more about what all went into it. Well, you know the the game certainly lived up to to filling the atmosphere. It was a great crowd, great atmosphere. You know, you had uh, Mike Norvell from Florida State helicoptering in right before kickoff. Uh, people ask me who he's looking at, but I think he was there more probably to scout Jakari because uh, he's got to face him in Miami the next few years. But uh, as the Florida State alum on this show, Coach, I'm just going to be silent from that moment forward. But, <laughs> but continue, <laughs> keep going. Um, but you know, here's the thing about it was we really established control of the game early, jumping up 17-0 in the first quarter and uh, had a couple of chances there in the fourth quarter to put it away 31-14, but, you know, missed a field goal, got held on downs uh, deep in their territory twice when we uh, missed some wide-open passes. And but, uh, but, you know, they scored one right there at the end, and we just had to recover the onside kick to, to ice it. So we felt like we had control of the game uh, the whole way, um, you know, that we kind of – but, you know, anytime you got a player like Corey Brown in a program – like Lowndes and the, and the players they've got, you know, it's 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 always in you know you never feel you never feel great until that final whistle blows. When it comes to scheduling, considering the program that you've built there in the past decade plus, how difficult is it for you to schedule non-region games, knowing the reputation that you have? Well, when you have to find seven non-region games like we do because our region is so small, it makes it very difficult. And then you throw in the factor that there's just not a ton of schools around us like the big metro areas. It makes it very difficult. And, uh, you know, the thing we got here is a lot of the schools that we've traditionally played down here, um, you know, for whatever reason, don't want to play anymore. So it makes it very difficult to to find games. Um, to find games, we end up having to have a lot of buyouts with teams. It certainly hurts the gate. But, uh, you know, we've, we've got, because of that and, and because we want to have ourselves ready for playoffs, we've, we've try to put together a pretty tough non-region schedule. You know, we opened with Carver, who's clearly one of the top teams in 4A. Mm-hmm. Lounge, always one of the top teams in 7A. And then uh, you know, in two weeks, we have to go to Warner Robins, who's the defending state champion in 5A. So, you know, we'll definitely be battle-tested by the time we get to region play. Yeah, you've got a non-region game with Lithia Springs this Friday. How do you keep the momentum going? Well, that's, you know, one thing we talked about here is, you know, if, if you want to be a team that can make runs in the playoffs, you've got to be able to practice hard after a big win. Because, you know, you've got to be able to come back and, and continue to improve. And that's one thing we've challenged our kids when I talked to them this morning is, hey, we got to come out and get better today. If we want to be a team that, that can play deep in the playoffs, we've got to be able to show that we can practice hard after a big win. And, you know, fortunately here, um, you know, I think we've lost, what, six games in the last five years. Mm-hmm. And every one of those losses have been um, either that it's been to a defending state champion 
a team that was ranked number one in the state or top ten in the nation. So, you know, we've been fortunate that, you know, knock on wood, we, we haven't stubbed our toe against anybody who we've been favored against. And uh, um, so it's always been a high-profile, really, really good football team that we've lost to. So hopefully our, our kids can continue to take care of business and uh, not have any letdowns. Student-athletes being what they are and social media being what it is these days, you know that the kids are attached to their phones, they're attached to their computers, that's, you know, iPads and all that kind of stuff. Knowing going into a season – Odds are you're probably going to be number one or number two in your class, and that's the way it's going to be all season long, and that's the way it's been as far back as, as I can recall, the way that you've built things there. How do you keep them from not looking at rankings and things like that and all of the press clippings? How difficult a job is that for you and the staff? Well, the first thing is, you know, we've got high expectations here, and that's something we embrace, but we, we try to make sure we're not overwhelmed by or we don't, uh, like last year, you know, it's losing in the state championship game is, is a special year and at six state level in Georgia, really any level in Georgia, and you can't come away disappointed and say, well, it wasn't a bad year because we didn't win a state title because state titles are really hard to come by. Um, so we embrace the high expectations, but we try not to get overwhelmed by them. Um, by them. And, I, and I think that's something that we've, uh, you know, we've done a good job of here is, is trying to, like I said, understanding we've got that understanding, hey, people expect us to win a lot of games. We have high expectations, but we, we can't get too caught up in that. We have to, we have to take it one game at a time um, to move forward. And uh, um, it, it kind of got to where we, you know, the initial, I remember when we first got ranked number one was the week after we beat the Jake Fromm um, led a Hoko team yeah. in a big game, you know, in front of Kirby Smart, I think in 2016. And that was just a huge deal. I remember, I think it was my second year here when we got ranked number 10 in the state, and that was a huge deal. And really, it was more of a distraction back then. Now, the, the, the kids and the community were used to being ranked high, so it's not a big deal anymore. Now, it's kind of like, hey, we're ranked number one, we're ranked number two, ho-hum. So, I think it's, it's kind of that kind of excitement we've kind of moved beyond, and um, – and so it really doesn't affect us much anymore. Whereas, you know, uh, eight, nine years ago when we were building this thing, 10 years ago, if we got ranked, you really had to guard against the people reading the press clippings and all that because it was so new. Now it's just something our kids are used to. Yeah, you've been coaching in Leesburg since 2009, but in the past five years, you've won two 6A state championships. Like you said, made it to the finals last year, lost to Buford in OT. <laughs> what a wild one that was. What's been the difference in these past five years? Well, you know, it was a, um, like I tell people here, it was a gradual process. You know, when I got here, literally, we were trying to win a game. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had one of the longest losing streaks in the state, and I added to that for probably half a season as a head coach. Yeah. And uh, we won a game, and then it got to be, hey, man, can we just have a winning season? Then it got to be, can we just make the playoffs? Then it was, can we have back-to-back winning seasons? Then can we win games in the playoffs? And then it was, hey, and, and what made it tough was as we were growing this thing, you know, the, the regions we got put in didn't do us any favors. Mm-hmm. You know, remember back in uh, 2013, um, uh, you know, we won our first region title one, since when I was here, won 10 games, had the first back-to-back winning seasons in school history, and then, boom, they drew the line at us with 1,800 kids and put us in the top class with the Lounges, <laughs> Colquitt Counties, the Valdostas, the Camden Counties. And that's a, that's a tough slate, you know, because any other division, you know, top to bottom, you're only talking about two or 300 students. But the top class, you're talking about – close to 2,000 students. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so, so, but, you know, we, we made it through that and, um, and then, you know, got put down back down in the class we we're supposed to be in. And I think that's the gradual process of growing this program is kind of, we looked up one day, it was, Hey, Hey, we're playing for a state title. And then it got to be, can we repeat as state champions? But, you know, it was never really, 
you know, early on, hey, we're going to win a state title here. We were just trying to get to kind of the next milestone to grow ourselves as a program. And, you know, we just took one step at a time and gradually, boom, you know, we're, we are where we are today. It's kind of hard to believe. It's a little surreal whether you sit back and think about it. Um, but it wasn't something we just uh, – I wish I could say I had a magic wand and it was a quick fix, but it certainly wasn't. It took a gradual process and a lot of years of hard work. And I think the, the big turnaround, you know, was when I got here – you know, the middle schools, uh, you know, they only had about 20, 25 kids playing football in eighth grade. And, you know, after my second year, we grew that to where it was, uh, you know, 60 to 70 kids playing in eighth grade every year. And, and as those groups started to matriculate through is when I think our program really started to take off. What attracted you to Lee County in the first place? Oh, geez. Well, uh, you know, I, I hadn't been in Georgia very long. So, uh, <laughs> I, you know, and so if I, uh, had I been here longer, I don't know if I'd have taken it or not, taken the job or not. But no, it was a, uh, you know, my kids were about to start school. Uh, you know, one of them was going to be in kindergarten the next year, and I knew it was a really good school system. And, you know, I a lot of people told me not to take the job, but the more I kind of researched and looked at things, the more I realized there really wasn't anything that was preventing them from being good. It was just going, you know, now it, it took a minute, but there wasn't anything built in that I felt like you just couldn't overcome. So uh, that was really, you know, the opportunity to come here. And, you know, the, the principal at the time, Kevin Dowling and Superintendent Larry Walters were, were in, and Rob Williams was the athletic director. You know, they just they had a, a vision for what they wanted, the football program. And, and I was very impressed by them. And, and like I said, I knew it was a great school system to, to put my kids in. And uh, I thought we could, you know, I thought we could eventually get things done here. Well, you've certainly changed the culture down there. What does football mean to Leesburg? Well, you know, like in South Georgia, football is such a big deal, and it's a big deal in all of Georgia, but, you know, football in South Georgia is just special. And, you know, Friday, last Friday night uh, with Lounge here was one of those nights. It's just one of those special South Georgia football nights. There's so much passion in the communities here uh, for football, and, you know, we've gotten to play, in, 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 you know, at the Coffees, Valdosta, the Lounge, Colquitt Counties, and some of these, and, and these, just these iconic high school football stadiums and communities, and you know, we feel like we've kind of got that going here in Leesburg, where when you come here, it's just a special atmosphere. And, uh, and it's, it's, it's a football here is a big deal to play. You know, we've got key. It's, it's nice on Saturdays. You know, you, you can't, it doesn't seem like there's a game on that doesn't have a Lee County kid playing in it. And all those former players that are in college now or before that, they, uh, they're all keeping track of the team. They're all keeping, they're all uh, constantly calling or coming back when they coming back by when they get a chance. And, uh, and checking on the team, and it just it means a lot to them. And you know, our players now don't want to let down the guys that came before them. Have you always thought of yourself as a builder when it comes to programs and coaching? You know, I never really thought about that. You know, I've been fortunate. You know, as an assistant, I was part of a lot of successful programs and, and learned from a lot of good people. You know, Chad Campbell, the last guy I worked for Peach County, is a phenomenal football coach. And um, you know, I've worked for a lot of the really good coaches, and uh, I never really thought of it. You know, I got here, and uh, you know, I didn't. Don't really think about it. You just look up one day, and you're here 13 years. You know, and uh, it's been it's been really neat to see, uh, you know, the the kids that played here, and now their younger brothers are playing for me, and, and the old the kids who played early on that come back. And you know, I, I go back to that first state title, and we won in 2017. And seeing all the former players crying after the game and how much it meant to them. I mean, it meant just as much to them as the players who were, were playing at the time because they knew they had a big role in building us and getting us to this point. And, uh, and that's probably the neatest thing being here and being here so long. 
Well, my last question for you, coaches, we know about some of your top playmakers. We do this segment on Recruiting 2021 where we'd like to highlight an underdog on your team. Is there a player that doesn't have an offer yet that we can we can help get him an offer and give him a shout out? Who would that be? We've got several guys, I think, that are um, that are, are, you know, maybe maybe are not. Uh, you don't hear as much about as, as some of our big time guys. You see Julius McLennan, Jr., one of our two running backs that. Our two running backs is an awfully good player. The Willie Williams out of wide receivers, another excellent player. And our middle linebacker, Wiley Gear, you know, he sat for a, not sat, but he was a backup to uh, Baron Hobson, who was a four year starter for us. He was his backup for three years. And now it's his turn and he's making the most of it. And he's a really good football player. So I think those three guys out of several would definitely be ones that, uh, that, uh, colleges should be interested in. Well, Coach, as always, it's great to catch up with you, and we know that uh, when it comes to the rankings, you're always going to be right there at the top when it comes to 6A. So great win this past week against Lowndes. Good luck this week against Lithia Springs. We'll be keeping an eye. Thanks for hanging out with us here on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. Guys, thanks, and thanks for all you do for high school football. It's always good to catch up with Coach Fabrizio, and he's another one of those guys, like we said in the interview, that want to challenge themselves with that non-region schedule, knowing that a lot of times you're going to have folks that are going to want to see them chasing toward the end of the year. And I know that a lot of folks in the polls specifically are saying Lee County, Buford, Buford, Lee County. Mm -hmm. That's just how it's going to be pretty much all season long, I think. Just a rematch? I think well, I think a lot of folks were looking at that as one of the class as one of the classifications that would have those top two teams chasing after it again. Obviously, you have to look at the, the brackets and things like that and figure out where things are going to be. But uh, I know a lot of folks coming into this season were looking at Lee County as one of the contenders across the board. I would love to see a championship rematch with Buford. That was the wildest game we had last year on our air. Absolutely. I think we submitted it for an Emmy. We did, as a matter of fact. And so it was uh, Emmy consideration. Mm-hmm. But now it's when you have games that are that crazy that go to overtime and things like that, uh, I, I'm anticipating, and I know a lot of folks are as well, that these two will be chasing after that game 15. Yeah. What, what just a classic rivalry. Lee County Lounge, what a game. I kept saying to my producer during the game, I, was, I wish I was watching this. We need to get more screens up in the studio. Yeah, really? We need more TVs where we can actually watch full games. We need like a TV wall. Yeah, we need a TV wall. Like, well, were they even on air? That, well, regar- we like regar- in, regardless, we need, we, need a, we need a TV wall regardless. Yes. Yeah, so you, no, sorry. Yeah, well, we both do. I need a TV wall out in the field. Mm-hmm. You need a TV wall out, you know, in the studio. Talk to Gerke about in, that. In, uh, in Jay. That's what you need. And just, like, tapping into, like, their recruiting feeds. Yes. Just, Anything I else? need to see the game. You need that. We need the hot feeds for all these games. <laughs> oh, what a good one. All what right. a good one. All right, so is, any, is there anything else on anybody's mind before we go? Well, I hesitate to bring this up. Uh, I'm sure it's still a little painful, John, but I don't know how we cannot mention your alma mater. A little bit of... Uh, Ouch! A uh, little bit of an issue in the fourth quarter. Um, little issue. Uh, yeah. Little issue. <laughs> <laughs> Sandy. Uh, Florida State, unfortunately, Jacksonville State. Uh, well, you 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 watched it, didn't you, John? Wow, I didn't know we were going there today, guys. I saw the ending. You okay, John? Well, and the quarterback for Jacksonville State was uh, Zarek Cooper, a two-sport mm-hmm. athlete out of Jonesboro. And suffice to say that um, I see, and this is where I'm trying to be diplomatic about things. There is no diplomatic way to go about this game. Oh, I was, I'm, I'm absolutely livid. I, I don't know if beyond livid is the, the proper terminology. 
but I'm just I'm beyond livid about what's fair <laughs> about what happened. And for those that didn't, if you're watching on video, John's face is getting red. Oh, it, <laughs> more red. It is. It is out of control. <laughs> it's so. All right. So there's six seconds left. You have 59 yards to defend. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? You don't go prevent defense. And for the game that we're talking about is Jacksonville State and Florida State. And it was all over the Twitters and all over everything. And so with 59 yards to go, six seconds left in the game, all you have to do is knock the ball down. Keep everything in front of you. Seriously. Keep everything in front of you. So what do you do instead of playing prevent defense? You play single high safety. You play single high safety. And you give the quarterback all the time in the world to sit there and try to complete the pass. And he does, into double coverage. Mm. And two defensive backs looked absolutely just disinterested in wanting to defend this pass. Over it. They are just over it. You had one in front. You had the receiver. You had the one guy behind. And so what does Zarek Cooper do? He throws the pass, and it's absolutely complete. And it is just right there. And, and it was a Jack Volte game cost, baby. <laughs> Hello, Who do we John? have on the line, John? This would be a proud Jacksonville State University Gamecock, somebody that was a student there, a player there, and a coach there. And I know, John, you wouldn't be discussing in angst, with great angst, what happened to your Florida State Seminoles this weekend in Tallahassee by the Jacksonville State University Gamecock. And uh, for those that are wondering who this voice is, this is... I'm wondering who this voice this is. is. This is my dear friend, until this phone call, this is my dear friend, Joel Ingram, the head coach of the Washington County Golden Hawks. Hey! Hey, coach, this is a this hey, is a surprise. Doing, man, I, I wasn't gonna miss it. Thought this was too much gold to not rip John about this. Him being uh, such the FSU man that he is, um, and it's it's crazy around here. You know, I've got coach on my staff that was the captain of the team at at, uh, at Florida State, so we've had a good time with it around here. And it was very nostalgic for me to listen to the call. You know, on ESPN because Mike Paris, the voice of the uh, of the Gamecocks. He's been there forever, man. He's like Larry Munson around uh, Jacksonville State. Just hearing him call that and seeing that, it was just, it was just surreal. That'll probably be an SB, you know, finalist for the year for Play of the Year, without a doubt. This this is what happens when when folks know about who to give grief to in a situation like this. I was just gonna say, how can we rub it in even more? You get Joel Ingram to call. I love it. A, a top you know, ten ranked team football, in double A. Being a football guy myself. Being a football guy myself. You know, I don't, I don't, I try just to study it analytically and football, <laughs> football, don't look at it as a fan. But in this case, you know, this is a special circumstance. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, I, I, all I know is in the coaching, I wouldn't, you know, the way I, Coach Norvell having to stand up at that podium and answer all those questions. How do you, a tough, as a coach, spot in the world, how do you not play prevent defense, Joel? How do you not play prevent? Well, that's again, that's a that's a question that I'm glad I don't have to ask. But you know, the thing I noticed is, um, you know, where was the 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 pass rush? It looked like they were trying to get pressure, and by the DBs, like they almost quit on the play. Oh, uh, they almost. It was a, it was one of those. To, to be honest, John, it was one of those. Uh, it was one of those classic. Everybody sitting around waiting on somebody uh-huh. else to make the play. I got it. You take it. And, it, and it, and it, and it blew up, and. uh you know, I, just, I hope Florida State because I think college football is better with Florida State and Miami in the national uh, picture. Um, so I hopefully, you know, I'm, I'm not somebody sitting here wishing Florida State, 
Florida State's failure by any way because I've always kind of I've always had a a place in my heart for him too. But man, this was just too good. You know, I was gonna get you now. <laughs> yeah, I do. I was gonna let this go by. I I knew you were gonna get me. But uh, now that we have you, all right, let's talk about let's talk about you a little bit. Let's talk about Washington County. You got the Duke. It was a big one. See, see how I'm trying to change the subject here. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm, I'm just. I'm just letting you two go. This is great. So, so Waco beat Swainsboro 22-21. You were down 21-8. Joel, great comeback win for you this week, and uh, I know that you'll be in my top ten in Double A. Great win for you this past weekend. Well, I appreciate it. It was it was tough circumstances. That was our first game in a month mm-hmm. because we'd had two canceled, um, and it was Swainsboro's fourth game, and they were a good. They're a good football team, and they were a good football team coming in and. Um, we just found a way, and you know, in your non-region games, you want to, you know, you want to be challenged and, and go through um, things that'll help you for your region schedule, like coming back late and things like that. But man, anytime we've gotten together with Swainsboro, for the most part, the last few years, it's been those type of ball games. So um, we had to find a way late to win and hang on. So, uh, so we're certainly excited, you know. And it was crazy because, like. That was our first live special teams, you know, because that was our first night out since our scrimmage. And yep. I was pleasantly surprised in the thing that just jumped off the screens how hard our kids play. But, um, you know, we got Evans this week, and they're a 6-8 team that's 4-0, and they were ranked uh, going into the season. So uh, they come here. So, we, you know, short turnaround, got to get ready to uh, go play them. But hopefully we're in our season mode now to where, um, you know, we can focus on that short turnaround five days and from each opponent and it feels more like we're in the normal our normal schedule of football season now coach ingram so good to see you guys out on the field being able to play how has it been overcoming these covid situations and being hot and cold and having to take weeks off and how have you guys been able to overcome that adversity just trust just listening to my health department listen to my administration they've they've never made a decision that was wrong yet and um, every, every, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we did a five day little mini shutdown for, you know, try to vaccinate our kids and also try to, you know, um, uh, for, for contact tracing. And we found that was the smartest thing we ever did. You know, we're not, you know, putting, um, anybody at risk or anything for that nature. And then we've been good to go ever since. And, uh, you know, I talked to our guys as much as uh, after each game about staying safe and, you know, sanitizing and staying within your bubble as much as I do the next opponent because, you know, I, from doing all this contact tracing, I think most coaches could probably be an assistant epidemiologist. But, uh, <laughs> but oh, I, yeah. you know, that witching hour is usually around Tuesday or Wednesday. That's when, you know, if you're going to get new cases, that's when a lot of those arise. And so you just have to be vigilant. You know, so when we have our study halls, we keep our kids separated and, you know, mask up, you know, and stay distant. And, um, you know, our, our administrators, uh, they have a, you know, good, a strong policy in place for, for us, uh, in terms of keeping our kids, uh, keeping our kids safe. So, um, we feel good about it. And last week was a really good week in terms of, um, our normal flow of practice, you know, not guys on monitoring and stuff like that. And, you know, you call around the state, everybody's, you know, everybody's going through the same things and, uh, and that's comfort. And, it's tough, you know, being a leader in this day and age. But, uh, you know, you find out how much gratitude you have for your players that sacrifice so much to come do stuff that they love. You know, you know they've had loved ones that have been affected by COVID. They might mm-hmm. have loved ones. Parents passed, and yet they still come out there every day. And I try to make myself remember and, and, and enjoy that and tell those guys every day how much I appreciate it. So, 
Um, and then, you know, to come out with a win like that the other night, that was a good uh, jolt of energy, and I just hope we can use it to continue to prepare for this next one. And the interview that you and I did on Southern Swing will be up in the next little while on the GPB platforms. It was great to catch up with you, my friend. It was great to hear from you this week, although I had a sneaking suspicion <laughs> that this would not go by. Thank you for crashing as always. Yes, thank you for rubbing it in to John. <laughs> You're welcome. Go Cox, always. <laughs> I love you, my friend. I'll talk soon. Love too, man. Y'all have a good one. Oh, Joel Ingram, the head coach of the Washington County Golden Hawks, crashing the show. It wasn't just me giving you a hard time now. No, 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 no. All of our listeners think I'm just constantly giving you a hard time, and now I have somebody else on my team. Yes. Yeah, everybody else is on that team. Who, who are you kidding? <laughs> so, yeah, so Commander Sandy's talking about it. You're talking about it. Joel Ingram crashes the show to talk about it. What else would you like to talk about to slam John before we go? Two words. Yeah. Hotty toddy. Okay, so Ole Miss, well, you played Austin P. Congratulations. Matt Corral throws for so? 204 and 4. So? Ooh, you won a game you were supposed to win. Merry Christmas. So? Won it big. Hey, you didn't win a game you were supposed to win. <laughs> you see this? Okay, this is, a, this is a high school football show. Yeah. Let's talk about our game of the week this Friday. Let's talk about our game of the week this Friday. Because I'm fired up for it. This week, our Football Friday on Georgia broadcast will feature two high-scoring offenses. You like that transition? It's Mill Creek versus West Forsyth. Uh-huh. The Wolverines are 2-1, and one, coming off an impressive 51-35 to 35 win over Walton. Mm-hmm. Their only loss of the season so far was to Class 5A powerhouse Cartersville, 38-31. to 31. West Forsyth is led offensively by quarterback Keegan Stover and running back Peyton Strico. Am mm-hmm. I saying that right? Yeah, Strico. Strico, that is correct. Mill Creek, on the other hand, is undefeated at 3-0. Did not play last week. The Hawks have already beaten Parkview and Norcross. Coach Josh Lovelady's team has scored 119 points, and their average margin of victory is 29.7 points. Their top offensive players are quarterback Hayden Clark and running back Donovan Journey. Kickoff is set for 7.30 p.m., mm-hmm. and I cannot wait for this one. Yeah, Miss, I'm anticipating this might be one of the more higher-scoring games. Obviously, Mill Creek, with the week off, has had another mm-hmm. week to prepare, and it wouldn't have surprised me to see some of their coaches checking out West Forsyth and Walton last week. And a reminder for the programming side of things, Recruiting 2021 starts things off at 7 o'clock with uh, Matt Stewart, myself, and the interview of the stars. You might know her as Hannah Gooden. Mm-hmm. And so we'll catch you up with everything going on in the world of recruiting at 7, kick off a little after 7.30 with uh, the broadcast. And then the way that it goes on the GPB network is once the game is over, mm-hmm. then everything starts all over again. You get to see Recruiting 2021 after the postgame show. Yep, Remember, brand new post-game game's show. over, postgame show. Then after the postgame show, Recruiting 2021, then after Recruiting 2021 re-airs, then the game re-airs. So it is in a full evening and even into the early morning hours Mm -hmm. that it is all high school football here on GPB. Just got word my Zoom interview this week will be West Forsyth, tight end Oscar Delp. That'll be, we'll go ahead and record that tomorrow. So that'll be my interview on recruiting 2021. And hey, the post, we missed you, but the postgame show. Are you sure about that? The postgame show went pretty good. We had three coaches on. Saw you had the coach from Sandy Creek. Our, our friends at ESPN Coastal dropped off. I think they had had to wait too long. Okay. There was quite a few technical difficulties. But, hey, we got through the first show, mm-hmm. and now we kind of know what to expect, and and it was good. Good. And it's it's good to be able to kind of share the state with the rest of the state, especially in a post game. And if you have not so far, mm-hmm. please make sure 
that you are liking, friending, and be a part of the conversation on all the social media platforms at Georgia Public Broadcasting. It is Facebook. It is Twitter. It is Instagram. It is YouTube. All these different places where you can be uh, immersed in the entire GPB Sports. Immersed. immersed. I-M-M-E-R-S-E-D. Immersed. I think it's I-M-M, not E. But, yeah. A total GPB Sports High School football experience on all the social media platforms. Like, friend, be a part of the conversation. Let us know what you're doing. If you're at games, send us great plays all week long because we get countdown to kickoff on Thursdays where we can show off the state to the rest of the state, too. So it's a lot of different things that you can do here during high school football season at GPB. Yep, Thursdays at noon, countdown to kickoff, Facebook Live. Come join us. It's a lot of fun. What you said. Uh, I think that's a show. That's a show. Yeah, considering that uh, I have been. Uh, You've had enough. Yeah. I've had enough. enough. John's taking off the headset and walking out. So I will wrap this baby up. Thank you all for listening to the Football Friday in Georgia podcast. I'm going to go chase John down, make sure he's not crying. I've got a box of tissues right here. I'm going to bring him. Thanks so much for listening. We will see you guys Friday for our game of the week. Mill Creek versus West Forsyth. Bye. Brought to you by the Georgia Governor's Office of Highway Safety, reminding you to buckle up, Georgia.